Opinions expressed on the Ice Free Fitness podcast are those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent Blind Alive. No comments are meant to diagnose or treat any particular condition, but to assist you on your journey to wellness. Please consult your doctor if your questions are of a medical nature. Hello and welcome to Eyes Free Fitness Podcast 70. I'm Lisa Salinger and I'm so pleased that you joined us today. I can't believe that we are already at number 70. It seems like just yesterday that I came on board and I think we started with Podcast 10 or 11 at that point. Mel had been doing them for some time, but when I came on, I think we had about 10 that had been done previously, and so I can't believe that we are already at 70. Believe it or not, our podcast today does concern numbers, at least just a bit, although not the number 70. What do you get when you combine workouts, technology, and blindness? You get a fascinating new book, and I'm pleased to be able to bring you that interview today. Mel will also be sharing a fitness speak with us about a fluid that you may or may not have heard of, but one that is very helpful in allowing your body to function effectively and efficiently. So without delaying further, let's go ahead and get started. I am so thrilled to be here today with a person whose writing I respect for its clarity, its ease of use, and for the way in which every single sentence contains valuable, helpful information. As you may or may not be able to guess, I'm speaking about Anna Dresner, and I'm pleased to be interviewing her today about her new book called 10,000 Steps, Cane Not Included, A Guide to Fitness Tech for Blind Users. Welcome, Anna. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Um, thanks for that that amazing introduction, and thanks so much for having me. It's really nice to be here. I've really enjoyed your podcast, and uh, it's fun to be a part of it. Excellent. I'm a longtime fan of your writing because I find that I read it, and it puts concepts together for me. It helps me kind of arrange things in my head. And then, which I almost never do with other books, I go back and I reread. Because if I'm looking for a finer point, or I'm looking to understand a concept, I can go back and get that information. And there's so much in each sentence. And this book really is no exception I'd be curious to know, first of all, what prompted you to write the book? Um, Cassell Wilson at National Braille Press um, asked me to write a book about fitness stuff. Wonderful. I'm sure that that came from people asking, and we've had lots of customer requests for information. So it will be wonderful to have a resource that we can point them toward for further information. I like how the book is laid out. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. There are three basic parts to the book. Part one discusses audio materials, and Blind Alive is very pleased to be featured and to have our work 
featured there. And so if you are new to Blind Alive or you just want an overview, certainly read that and the other information about accessible workout options. And just to let you in on a little secret, we have collaborated with Anna and with NBP. And so if you purchase the book, you will find in the book a discount code that you can use on Blind Alive's website to save on our workouts. And no, we're not going to give you that code here because we want to encourage you to avail yourself of this excellent resource. Well, I definitely wanted to spend a lot of time on Blind Alive in the book because you guys are working very hard to fill a very important niche and you're doing a really good job of it. Um, The details of the descriptions and the variety of workouts is really great and it's definitely worth featuring. Um, There's also one other little bonus uh, for people who buy the book before the end of July, which is that you get entered into a drawing to win one of three Fitbit flexes. So uh, there's another there's another incentive to to pick the thing up. Yes, I saw that today when I was looking on National Braille Press's website. And if you want details about the drawing and about where to get the book, that will be in the podcast show notes. Plus, we'll give the overall website at the end. In part two, There is a discussion of a number of fitness apps, and many of these are found on iOS as well as Android, so your mileage may vary. I know that they are all available on iOS. If you find that you're looking for something on Android and you don't find the exact app, chances are that with a little bit of research, a little bit of sleuthing, you can find an equivalent that will meet your needs nicely. Yeah, I focused on iOS because that is what I use. And, um, you know, trying to test out the same app on multiple platforms and whatnot, that's pretty challenging. And I didn't want, I wanted to move the project along that would have delayed it considerably. So the focus is there. But I'm like you said, I'm sure you can find A lot of the apps on Android as well. Yes, many are cross-platform. And then the thing that made my little gadget lover's heart beat a little faster, in part three, there is a discussion of activity tracking devices. So Fitbit and Apple Watch and how some of those different things interface together. That must have been a lot of fun, I would think, and must have led to uh, wearing of many devices and lots of comparisons. Yeah, that was fun. I've had an Apple Watch for a couple of years, but the Fitbit was certainly new to me, and I'm sure I looked incredibly geeky walking around with an Apple Watch on one wrist and a Fitbit on the other. But um, it was fun to uh, to work with both. I'm glad I already had the Apple Watch experience, so I wasn't trying to learn the two things at the exact same time. Um, but it was interesting comparing them and seeing what each one's strengths were and all of that. 
Yes, I came at it from the standpoint of someone who had a Fitbit and then graduated to an Apple Watch. And the Fitbit I had was the Fitbit One, so I was wearing it on my clothes, not on my wrist. And so it was interesting to see the differences, not only between the Apple Watch and the Fitbit, but between the kind of clothing-worn device and the wrist-worn device. And I would see big differences throughout the day. And it was very funny because by the end of the day, it's as if they had a chat with one another and said, let's just get along. And by the end of the day, they were pretty much the same. So that was kind of interesting. I don't know if you've heard this. A lot of people have recently cited articles that say, well, you know, they say that these devices really aren't as accurate as we think they are. And I don't know, to me that just was not as key as the fact that they gave you some idea. Right. I mean, I talk at the beginning of the section on activity trackers about how you should regard the information you get not as absolute truth, but as an indication. Um, The fact that they never, the two devices never really agreed would suggest that you're you're probably, they're not going to tell you exactly how many steps you walked, but it should tell you from day to day if you are increasing or decreasing your steps and that kind of thing. There's also some really basic things that these devices get fooled by. Um, I was kind of surprised that rocking in a rocking chair um, could suddenly make me just really breeze through my step goal. (laughs) Yes, yes. I said it's a little like GPS, you know, it's not going to get you to the door with your hand on the doorknob, but it should get you to the vicinity. Right. I also find that if I'm walking a long distance using my cane, I would want my watch on my other hand, or if I were still using a guide dog, I would want my watch on the arm that swings free, because when that arm is still, those steps aren't being counted, so that's a little tricky. That really is one thing I kind of miss about the Fitbit One. Because it was worn on my torso, I felt like it was a little less foolable, if that's a word. Uh, Right. I've seen things where, uh, you know, they talk about hacking your activity tracker. So if you're trying to reach a certain number of steps, uh, for example, one advocated uh, strapping your Fitbit onto um, an electric mixer. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of that with fans, too. And I thought, you know, if your Fitbit goes flying and you end up with smithereens, then I think in the whole karmic scheme of things, you're probably about even. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I can sort of understand, like, if somebody, I've heard that some workplaces have required people to have them um, to sort of snoop on their health and stuff. And I mean, I guess I could kind of understand that a situation like that, deciding that yeah. you're just going to get, you know, that who wants, you know, who needs that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's like, well, why would you get one if, and then, and then want to game it all the time? It seems like if you're, if you're going to take the trouble on your own volition to buy one that you would want to be fairly fair about it. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people approach these things with far more intensity than they need to. Um, it has to be exact. I have to know exactly how many steps. But if you really can approach it with just a sense of open, playful, interested curiosity, that's where the magic really can happen, I think. And that's what I appreciate so much about this book, is it kind of props open the door and sort of beckons someone inside this whole world of fitness and activity and apps and trackers to give us a general idea of what is possible. Well, thank you. I mean, that was the idea because... I'm I'm no expert on all this stuff, and um, but I'm and certainly didn't intend you know intend anybody to think so. But I do know that any movement that you do, anything you do to to get up and exercise even a little bit helps. It's not like you have to walk for you know exercise for thirty minutes for it to provide any benefit to you at all or any. And and so the fact that even just doing a little bit more than you were doing before can really improve your life, there's real incentive there to tell people what's going on and also to be gentle and hopefully encouraging people to just just try it at, at, at any level. Absolutely. And we do hope that you will just try it in regards to Anna's book. You can get it through the National Braille Press website which is www.nbp, like nationalbraillepress.org. I will also put the toll-free contact number in the show notes. Depending on the format that you choose, you can get the book in electronic Braille, Word, DAISY files, and you can get those as downloads or on a thumb drive, and prices range between $10 and $12.50, which, to my way of thinking, is quite a bargain when you think of it as an investment in your good health. And again, the book is called 10,000 Steps, Cane Not Included, A Guide to Fitness Tech for Blind Users. Thank you so much, Anna, for bringing us this wonderful resource. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad I could do it. Do you have dreams of getting fit and healthy? Only to have them shattered. Blind Alive is here to help. We offer competitively priced, eyes-free workouts with complete descriptions designed for you, whatever your level of health or fitness. You can download or purchase CDs, and if you have any trouble, support is just a click or call away. Check us out today at www.blindalive.com. And if you like what you find, be sure to tell your friends. Don't just live, be alive. Blind Alive. It's time now for Fitness Speak. Hi, everybody. Today on Fitness Speak, we're going to end our series on body fluids by talking about lymph or lymphatic fluid. It's L-Y-M-P-H, and it is derived from the Latin word lympha, which means fresh water, which 
I'm sure most of you know by now I am all in I'm all about water. So we're talking about the fresh water of the body today and its length. And what happens is lymph flows throughout our entire body. It's a lot like blood, but it doesn't have red blood cells in it. And it is an open system, unlike the cardiovascular system, which is a closed system. Blood flows through capillaries, veins, arteries, and is pumped by a pump, which is the heart, obviously. The lymphatic system does not have a pump. Lymph flows through the body slowly, and the way it flows is by muscle contractions. So we need to help the lymph move through our bodies by contracting our muscles, by exercising. It's going to move anyway, but we can really help it to move more and more freely and do a better job for us if we move our bodies. So what is lymph? Where does it come from? It's it's like blood, like I said, without the red blood cells. It is made up mostly of water. It carries proteins back to the blood. It also carries fats away from the digestive system and into the blood system. It also carries bacteria and cancer cells, and it collects these by picking up As it flows through the body, it picks up the fat from the digestive system, it picks up the bacteria and the proteins, and carries it through the vessels, through the nodes, their lymph nodes. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of lymph nodes, or you are familiar with lymph nodes. If you go to the doctor, they will oftentimes check under your arm or in your groin area, or in your neck to see if there are any enlarged nodes. These enlarged nodes could be indicative of infection or even metastatic cancer because the lymph carries the bacteria and can carry the cancer cells, and your body wants to clean out this bacteria, and so the lymph nodes have what's called leukocytes, or the white blood cells. They're very rich in these white blood cells, so the lymphatic system is very important for your immune system, for keeping your body clean and clear of bacteria and cancer cells. So that's what the lymphatic uh, lymph fluid does. So what happens is sometimes lymph does not flow freely through our body. Let's say we've had surgery like breast surgery or some surgery maybe in our legs that create scar tissue. And what happens is this scar tissue disrupts the flow of lymph. So then that lymph fluid collects and it can't get out. And it can create a large 
swellings that can be very, very uncomfortable. You may have seen someone who's had breast cancer or even experienced it yourself, and that person would have a large, very large arm. That fluid that is in the arm is lymph fluid, lymphatic fluid, and it's very difficult to get rid of once it's in there. So sometimes people go to what's called a lymphatic drainage therapist, and the lymph drainage therapist knows how to direct the lymph through the vessels so that it can get into the bloodstream so that it can be taken care of. A lymphatic drainage therapist is a very important person to have in your medical team if you have swelling of this type. So in order for us to help our bodies keep this lymph moving, because it doesn't have a pump that's going to keep it moving, there are a series of valves in the lymph vessel so that it do, it can't move backwards, but sometimes it still does move backwards if we're very, very sedentary. So exercising and moving, even fidgeting or stretching, can really help the lymph move through the body. And the more the lymph can move through the body, the healthier we're going to be. And we need to drink a lot of water to keep this lymph moving and to keep the cells well bathed so that the lymphatic fluid can move through and do the work that it's supposed to do to keep our immune system in good shape. So This is an extremely simplified version of what is lymphatic fluid because it's really quite complex. And what you need to know is that it's important for the immune system for keeping us infection-free and disease-free and cancer-free And the best ways that we can help it do its job is to drink plenty of clean water and eat really nice, clean, wonderful food and exercise and move our bodies so that the lymph fluid can move and do what it needs to do. So as I usually say, drink your water. That about wraps it up for today. If you really want to keep your lymphatic system working well, I think it's a fabulous idea if you go to blindalive.com where you will find an exercise program that will work for you. We have many levels. The gentle workout set is great for beginners or someone who is recovering and needs to start back exercising slowly. We've got cardio workouts and weightlifting workouts and Pilates and yoga and stretching. So go to blindalive.com and see what you can find that will work for you. Also, we have uh, many ways to communicate with you and for you to communicate with us. The first thing I would suggest is to 
go to the website blindalive.com and subscribe to the newsletter. The newsletter is where you're going to find out what's happening. And that's where the announcements of the new workouts will be. Sometimes we have uh, recipes or health tips. The newsletter is a great way for us to tell you what's going on. And then you can communicate back with us through the contact form on the website or Twitter at Blind Alive or the Facebook page at Blind Alive. And we also have an email listserv now. And the link to join that will be in the uh, show notes for this podcast. That It's a fun group. We, uh, we talk back and forth to each other and people can um, ask questions and we all help each other. And it's a really nice way to communicate directly. So, That's it for now, and we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks.